What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On NFL Podcast. Today, we're talking about Kong Su. We're going to talk about him taking over the narrative, reporting his own scoops, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about where this dude's going to end up because he's not going to be on the Bucks. Plus, we'll talk about some of the head coaches and who of the new head coaches is in the best spot. Let's talk it out here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. I do Locked On Vikings. I'm here with my good buddy, Ross Jackson, who does Locked On Saints at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. And uh, we'll talk about our Vikings and Saints a little bit, I think, later in the show. But first, let's talk about what's going on in the news, which is never yeah. a ton in the middle of June. But we do have one thing. Domakong Sue. Uh, says himself on TV that he is A, not retiring, which we all kind of thought maybe, and B, not returning to the Bucks. So suddenly, intrigue. Right. Now there's a piece of candy, right? Everybody wants a, a little bit in on it. Um, <laughs> so the way this broke, though, is, is very interesting, right, Ross? Yeah, I think that's like one of my favorite parts about this. I mean, I love that he ruled out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which makes perfect sense. We'll talk about that in a second. But the thing that I really, like, take away from this is the fact <laughs> yeah. that we've got players breaking their own news now. Like, he's serving as a guest analyst on ESPN, and he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to play this season, but doesn't look like it's going to be for the Bucks. So, so NBA. I, look, I look forward to the opportunities elsewhere. And so <laughs> I, I really love, like, that piece. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, I really love that sort of piece of all of this because it's kind of where we are now, right? To yeah, where, like, it's players like, get the opportunity give me to break their own news. the decision-style specials for, like, the big free agents, you know? Forget this scrolling Twitter and waiting for a for a Schefter tweet. Oh, yeah. Get, get that world out of here, right? <laughs> get the world where these guys are, like, just glued to their phones trying to yeah. be the first person to put out a tweet that, like, may or may not be offensive. Like, let's let's get a good, a produced, you know, let's not leak it. Let's make it like a reality <laughs> show. We'll do it. It reminds me of like uh, right. when Matt Harmon at Yahoo yep. was like, what team should I be a fan of? And he did a whole like reality series, like Bachelor style. Give me that, you know, oh, like let's yeah. have have them That's go right. on like dates with coaches. Let's televise it. Let's make something out of it. The league's looking to monetize everything. now. They're trying to monetize <laughs> the combine. Monetize this before you monetize the combine. Let's have some fun. And Dominic Sue is actually a great example of that. Remember a couple years ago before he signed with, I believe it was before he went to the Rams, if I remember correctly. He kind of like did a little bit of a tour with a bunch of different teams. He and Sean Payton went out to dinner hey. at the world famous Commander's Palace in New Orleans. He went out to dinner with one of the coaches. I think it was uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore and stuff like that. And then ultimately ended up signing somewhere entirely on like a mercenary for higher contract. But it ended up being like this big thing where everyone was like, where in the world is Dominic Sue? And they're trying to figure out like where he's at. 
Then there was the other time where Jared Cook went for a visit with the team and then disappeared entirely, and no one knew where he was for like an entire week. Like he stopped uploading to social media and everything. Everyone was like, "Is Jared Cook okay? Like, what's going on?" And then he ended up actually signing with the Saints that offseason. But people were like terrified for him for a moment, and yeah. understandably so. But it is interesting. Like it's fun to see like the players actually being the people that are being yeah, the newsmakers and that the newsmakers. It makes sense that, that he's way. not going to be with the Bucks outside of your Saints bias, which I figure is playing into this some somewhat uh what do you mean by that sure <laughs> sure you don't have to say that so hatefully i want you to sure. say it more no, hatefully sure. uh, we're stoking rivalries <laughs> in 2022 no, I, they... <laughs> <laughs> i'm all about stoking rivalries and the bucks actually are helping to stoke a rivalry with their recent interior defensive line oh, signing yeah. of Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks, who, of course, is a former New Orleans Saint and a present guy who likes to growl at players on <laughs> the horrifying. field, which is always weird. And But He's he has spent like the last few years yeah. with the... Sh- it's, it's so wild. Mm-hmm. And... And he's so good. Like, that's the thing is he also lives up to all of it, right? And so if you look at the Chicago Bears where he has played for the past couple of seasons, you've seen that very closely, Luke, covering the Vikings. And, of course, those two teams playing twice a season. Now, during the time that he's been in Chicago, he's done a lot of talk about the New Orleans Saints. Now he's in the NFC South, signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ready to face the New Orleans Saints twice a season. So I love the idea personally (laughs) of that bias stoking the rivalry one way and then the Saints potentially stoking the rivalry back the other way. So it's we'll, we'll talk about like good fits for Indomitian Sue in a little bit. Yes, I will bring up the Saints and yeah. I'll make my case for him because there is one to be made there. But overall, him completely ruling out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers makes a ton of sense because you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers system, what Todd Bowles likes to do. You look at Vita Vea, the Vita Vea, the other interior defensive lineman that they have, and now the addition of Akeem Hicks. You wonder if there was going to be room for him, even if he was sure. interested and in returning. Here's what where my mind kind of immediately went. I was like, why would he say that? You know, because if you're a free agent player, you kind of want to drum mm-hmm. up as much interest as possible. You want to say, hey, everybody's interested in me. You know, I've got three other teams on the line. You better up your offer. Otherwise, I'm hanging up on you. Like, you'd want to do that. And reading the tea leaves a little bit, going into the the irresponsible part of speculation, I wonder if there's a lot of teams. Because if he feels confident enough to be like, nah, it's not the Bucks. That might mean eh, that maybe there's just enough competition, and he like I appreciate it as an enjoyer of of drama and an enjoyer of the sport, knowing information and being like, okay, the Bucks are out, cool. I like learning that kind of thing and not having yeah, to yeah. be like speculative and look at what shirt he's wearing on social right. media. But like from his perspective, that mm. might not be the best thing for his market unless there's so many teams that that doesn't matter. Um, and that, so maybe there is a bigger bidding market yeah. than we think. This is a weird time of year where, like, in May, June, July, we're kind of between the draft and camp. Rosters are mostly complete, and now teams have about three months to get really worried about where their roster holds. And that's where, this is where Jadevi every year, right? <laughs> um, and I don't know if that gets him more money than he would get if he signed in March yep. or whatever. Yep. But this is kind of where maybe you can try to drum up a market for yourself if things didn't go well for you in March or if you needed some time to decide if you were retiring or not, like with Sue. Yeah, it's really good business, right? Like making sure that everybody knows, yes, I'm on the market. I'm not returning to my former team and everything, which everyone kind of, you know, 
begins a little bit of that speculation sure. of like, oh, well, they're probably just going to go back to their old team. No, bid on me, please. Things. Yeah, so I hear you. Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, yeah. So like, right, right. And so now it's like, okay, yeah, he probably has a few teams that are interested in him. There's one that he seemed <laughs> yeah. pretty giddy about when Mina Kimes asked about him. And so I think that, yeah, there's like a little bit of that there too of like, just so everybody knows, I'm not going to about face and go mm -hmm. back to my old team. I'm ready for a new contract with a new team and to contribute somewhere else. So let the bidding begin. We're going to talk a little bit more about Indomitian Sue here in just a sec, where he might end up and the team that he got a little excited about when Mina Kimes asked him about it during his sort of round of, uh, of appearances over at ESPN. But before we get to that, we want to tell you about our friends over at BlueNile.com, the place where you can create all of life's special moments whether you're creating a custom engagement ring or you're looking for maybe some of those classic timeless pieces to mark any special occasion blue nile has everything that you're looking for but at a cheaper price than what you're going to find at traditional jewelers whether you pop whether you're ready to pop the question which i highly recommend taking a look at the gallery collection in particular i think those rings are absolutely beautiful or you're celebrating a milestone moment you can find jewelry just as unique as the person that you love with the modern convenience of online shopping at bluenile.com and you get 24-7 jewelry experts on hand as well to help you make sure you find the right piece that's in your price range, the right piece that you're looking for. Or if she said, hey, I really like a princess cut and you have no idea what a princess cut is, they'll help you make sure that you get the right thing so you don't buy the wrong ring. Uh, make sure that you make all of those moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners get $50 off a purchase is $500 or more. This podcast exclusive does it, uh, include engagement as well. So use promo code Locked On. That's code Locked On. Every delivery, every uh, order is insured. It ships free and it's delivered in a discreet package so that it doesn't ruin the surprise that's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace over at BlueNile.com today. All right, so the NBA draft is coming up, and the entire NBA channel is going to be live on draft night. Oh. We had so much fun on our draft, on NFL draft night. NBA is doing the same thing. Make sure you go check it out, but for us... Let's uh, let's let's talk, let's get a little reckless, right? Let's talk about the idea of Ndamukong Su to perhaps <laughs> the Raiders. Uh, so on NFL Live, Ndamukong Su was a guest analyst on ESPN's NFL Live, and Mina Kimes was talking about um, possible destinations with him, like right there, like in the conversation. And he said, well, she said, well, what, what about the Raiders? You mm -hmm. know, what, they've got um, this. You know, the AFC West is fun to play in. And tax situation in Nevada starts talking about all these like reasons for it yeah and it's an interesting Chandler team to Jones be a part of you get to go there, chase down yeah. Patrick Mahomes all the time like that's pretty fun right um so <laughs> when she starts talking about that the camera cuts to Indong Kong Su and he just this wry smile like almost knowing and people are going crazy speculating about this <laughs> here's the deal it, it probably just sounded like a pretty good idea and maybe it's one of many destinations that Sue is open to and that's probably all we can really read right. into it but it's as good a reason as any for us to ask the question what do we think about do we agree with Mina is this a good idea I do. I think that the Raiders would be a fantastic fit for him. And tell me that Adamican Sue is not <laughs> his a reputation Raider. when like, he was younger. Think yeah. about him in a Raiders <laughs> uniform. <laughs> right. And tell me that he is not somebody that makes sense 
as a Raider. Like, I, I think it would be a great fit for him. You've got Max Crosby. You've got Chandler Jones. And I like the observation that he had, too. I mean, this is a guy that's coming off of a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl roster over the past couple of years mm -hmm. with the Tampa Buccaneers and before that with the Los Angeles Rams. And he talked about how, like, if you come out of the AFC mm -hmm. West, that's like a direct track to the Super Bowl, which I think is a really important one. But could they come sure. out of the AFC West? I think is the bigger question. But it's really interesting. I mean, it would be a good fit for him for sure. And he would serve a role where they sure. do. Like, if you go to the bet online odds for AFC block. winner, I'm pretty sure, like, three of the top four are AFC West teams, Chiefs. Uh, Broncos and Chargers like those three are all absolutely yeah. contender teams if mm -hmm. you could go to the Raiders and if you as Ndamukong Su think I could go to the Raiders and them into a team that can win that division and let's say you're right and you win that division you just made the Chiefs Chargers and Broncos either all play road games or maybe not even make it at all but now they're playing road games at best um, and now you're the one with the home mm -hmm. field and you just knocked off a whole bunch of contenders yep. or gave a whole bunch of contenders, you know, straddle that saddle them with a, with a, uh, disadvantage. I kind of get it where you're coming from there. Um, but I also, I want to, I want to put you on the spot because you said, and a few people in our live chat here, we are live on YouTube, by the way, on the lockdown NFL podcast. So come check that out sometimes. Um, talking about maybe Ndamo Kong Su going to your saints. So, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, look, I love the idea. Shout out to uh, Linda and Gary, who both brought this up uh, in the live chat. I, I think it's a great destination for him. And again, I think that like we right. talked about like soaking the rivalry flames with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Akeem Hicks going to Tampa and then the Saints basically saying, <laughs> all right, cool, well, we'll sign your boo over here in New Orleans and then bring him back down here to the bayou and then they get to square off. I mean, not directly, but, you know, those two guys get to go at their former teams on the interior defensive line doing one of the most important things, which is A, limiting the run game, but also going after the quarterback and all. But I think that you look at the New Orleans Saints and where their weakest on defense. And right now it's the defensive interior because it's the biggest question mark. You like what they have at edge rusher, maybe because you have Cam Jordan, who is like consistently going to be a seven and a half plus sack guy. He's done it for the past like 10 years in a row. It's kind of wild. And maybe like eight years in a row. And then you have these young guys in Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner, Carl Granderson that you're hoping, you know, continue to beef up. And we know that when those guys are healthy and on the field, that they can be impact players, but can they be healthy and on the field? But in the interior, You've got David Onyemata and then a bunch of kind of younger, less proven guys outside of maybe Shy Tuttle. You've seen a couple of free agency additions with guys like Contavious Street and Jaleel Johnson. But is that enough right now to be more than a rotation? Do you have a bona fide starter next to David Onyemata who could probably stand to improve on some consistency himself as well or, or, or prove some consistency uh, for himself as well. And so I look at Ndamukong Sue as somebody that makes a lot of sense to where he could fit in the scheme because the, the Saints are very multiple defense. They play a lot of four down, but also three down linemen. So they switch up the odd and even fronts, all that. Ndamukong Sue is very accustomed to playing in several different fronts, mm -hmm. played in Todd Bowles' system, which is very multiple as well. So the fit makes sense. The need makes sense. I just don't know if the money is going to be there to make sense. The Saints do have salary cap space, believe it or not. They're like $10 million under right now. Like they have money to spend and they're eventually going to hand out some extensions here to probably in the next, I would say like couple of months. That's 
could potentially end up with some, you know, creating some additional salary cap space. But as of right now, like, I just feel like it would be a good fit in terms of what it is that the Saints need, where they're lacking, where they're weakest, and the role that Indomitian Sue is going to look for is one that's going to allow him to use that talent he has left in the engine, as he said on ESPN. That would be fun. I think the the Saints defense. I, I I don't know what Dennis Allen is mm-hmm. really, if he's changing anything or if he's delegating more and it's going to change in that way or whatever. But I always think of the Saints front as very. I, I don't want to say like YOLO, but very aggressive, very upfield kind of like, and that has always been Dumakon yeah. Sue to me. That very like just get upfield and penetrate kind of stuff. And there are different defenses. Like, I think that always differed from what I got used to watching with Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, which was very stay in your gap and hold it. Um, and not really sending guy, you know, I mean, there would be blitzes and there would be times to deploy it, but it wasn't like, you know, just everybody just chase and everybody just dominate someone. It was a lot more about like be in your spot. And if everybody does that right, Right. the way I've orchestrated it, it'll suffocate. And that was kind of how those, um, the, those run fits work a little bit differently. I could, I can definitely see the fit in terms of like play style a lot, but yeah, of course, always you got to make the money work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'll point out too, is like the, the biggest competition to the new Orleans saints is Tampa Bay and where you make Tom Brady most uncomfortable is with interior mm-hmm. defensive line, forever pressure. interior defensive line. Pressure. And so I think when you're, yeah, and so where you're lacking right now is exactly that category. So why not go and grab the guy that can help you bolster it if you can make it all work? So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. We talked about what the Raiders <laughs> and the Saints watch them sign with like the Seahawks or something, uh, or end up in or end up in Minnesota. Like I'm sure it, Minnesota Minnesota's could use a, in a weird spot. They could use a guy <laughs> that would be well. I guess yeah, they could use like a four technique that's like like not like a a, a, a middle clogger sure, type, but yeah. I guess Sue could totally be that guy. Um, I mean, it's somebody mm-hmm. that like in a four, three would play three technique and in a three, four would play what we would call like Anderson. They need like that maybe. Um, but that also is like a smaller role. Like that's not yeah. going to be a role that's going to be and, and, like that guy will probably come off the field a lot unless they come in and they bring in in Kong Sue. And yeah, so I don't see it from Minnesota, but I, what do I know? I don't know right. these guys. They're new. <laughs> four tech right. plays right yeah. over the tackle right like face to face with the tackle a little bit right more not like, like the like middle guy clogging everything up role. but sort of um a little further out trying to be a little bit more right. of a of a wrecking ball rather than just an immovable mountain um but speaking of the saints and the vikings and the raiders they all have new coaches and let's talk about some of these new coaches mm-hmm. and their uh, their their setups and like who's in the best spot there was an article from around the NFL that was like ranking all these guys in the top 10 we figured we'd talk about a few of them yeah so where we agree where we disagree and there's certainly a spot where I disagree I think somebody should be a little bit higher but we'll get to that uh, first I want to tell you about our friends over at Bet Online. you heard us mention a couple of things about odds in terms of who's going to finish where in the AFC West you can do that for every single division you can find where you think every team in each division could potentially end up uh, Super Bowl favorites you can even look at end of year awards including like offensive rookie of the year defensive rookie of the year MVP there's so much and that's just the NFL you can also take Check out a bunch of stuff from um, what the UFC, MMA, boxing, even esports. Like they've got you covered all across. Make sure you go and check out 
everything that you need when it comes to all your sports raging information over at Bet Online. You can find them on your mobile device or wherever uh, your laptop, whatever it is that you're looking for. They've got you up to date with everything you need when it comes to sports wagering sports betting and all of the trends and action you go and check them out today over at bet online where the game starts so around the nfl bucky brooks did a, a little listicle about where, like, the best setups, the best situations for head coaches, not necessarily predicting who will be the most successful, but who's the best setup to succeed. So, you know, at the bottom, you got Lovey Smith, who's in the black hole that is Houston. And at the top, you have Todd Bowles, who just inherits, like, a Super Bowl roster and Tom <laughs> Brady. And, you know, who? what more could you ask for? Um, my Vikings are sixth on this list, which when you are quarterbacked by Kirk Cousins, anytime you are in the middle of anything, it's appropriate. Mm -hmm. I cannot argue with it. I'm not legally allowed to. So, uh, <laughs> you said you had a disagreement with this list. Let's start there. What do you think? Yeah, so let's. I'll go quickly through the top five because this agreement is in the top five. So as we mentioned, Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number one. Josh McDaniels of the Las Vegas Raiders, number two. Dennis Allen of the New Orleans Saints, number four. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, sorry, Dennis <laughs> Allen was number three. I, I forgot how to count. Um, number four, Nathaniel Hackett of the Denver Broncos. And then number five, Miami <laughs> Dolphins head coach, biracial king, Mike McDaniel. So for me... <laughs> for me i actually am surprised that i'm actually a little bit surprised to see uh um uh nathaniel hackett at four because i thought he was going to be probably either two or mm -hmm. three i thought he was going to be in the top three so it's a small grudge but it's still a grudge that i have and it's still it's still a disagreement that i have because i thought that he would be in the i mean when you inherit a hall of fame quarterback right. That's a pretty good situation to be in. Now, I understand that he kind of, you know, that I understand the order of all of that. But still, he has a very good setup there. He has a very good defense here. They're building up over on the offensive side with the weapons. And you have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And he's the only one when it comes to that top four outside of, of course, Todd Bowles, who got the promotion for defensive coordinator to Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that inherits in these scenarios right. a Hall of Fame quarterback, a bona fide we know that they will be a Hall of Fame quarterback. And so for me, that is the big uh, piece when I look at like any quarter, any head coach that's inheriting something. I look at the quarterback first and I look at what the connection between that coach and quarterback is going to be. And I feel like that's a pretty good match between those two. And yeah, so when I hear like narratives around the, the top Broncos, the, the biggest one that I that comes to my mind is, OK, you've got Nathaniel Hackett. He's got Russell Wilson. If this doesn't work out, one of these guys is not all they're cracked up to be. Right. And to me. That like the the subtext there is yeah. there are no excuses yeah. for that working out not working out because that is a good situation. So yeah, I mean it's I'm, yeah it's it's in the top half like it's, it's not like so a good it's a right. situation. But I would definitely swim with Josh McDaniels who is in, jumping into a tumultuous organization. Yeah, exactly what I thought. Um and the quarterbacks Derek Carr and they're kind of locked into that. There's not really a lot of room. If you had the opportunity to, you know, let's say Lamar Jackson becomes a free agent, say his contract thing in, in Baltimore totally falls apart. Um, that is not a situation that Las Vegas can really jump on because of where they're at with Derek Carr. Like they can't, they can't pop in and right. like, they're locked in, you know, and like I see the same thing about with with my Vikings. They, if, if Lamar Jackson becomes a free yep. agent, you're too locked into Kirk Cousins 
to go reasonably go through and and hit that. So yeah, that's, um, I don't really agree that that's that great of a situation. And you're the worst team in the AFC West. Like you're the worst roster. It's not a bad roster, but the AFC West is so stacked that like, I, 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 I don't agree with that. Yeah, I've got a hard time with like putting a coach that inherits Mm -hmm. Derek Carr (laughs) above the coach that inherits Russell Wilson. Like it's just a strange sort of situation to me. So for me, like I look at that now. uh, Okay, we should talk about we should talk about the teams that we cover as well. Don't get me wrong, but I I think Todd Bowles is a is a definite number one, though, like outside of my grievance in terms of like Nathaniel Hackett, like which other head coach mm-hmm. in this situation is inheriting a Super Bowl roster, right? A roster that won a Super Bowl just two years ago and everything. And that has, you know, nearly this does not often, often happen and, and, and everything. And yeah. so I think that Todd Bowles one is easy. Right. Yeah, it's very like different in terms of what it is that we're accustomed to seeing that you're like actually picking up that situation as opposed to usually when you have um, a team that's getting a new head coach, it's because that team performed poorly the year before. You don't often walk out of an NFC mm-hmm. championship and change coaches, right? Obviously, this is a very different situation yeah, around retires, the whole yeah. Bruce Arians thing and, and all that stuff. And there's a lot of speculation. It's like what that is, what that wasn't. But, you know, you have a coach that retires, much like with the New Orleans Saints, where you have a coach that retires and it's still actually a pretty successful team. You inherit the better team as opposed to usually when you're a team that's looking for a new head coach, you're in a situation like the Las Vegas Raiders or the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars to where team was not team the year before Las Vegas Raiders I, I I'll put an asterisk test to that because they performed mm-hmm. actually really well last year with an and that's true and it's like again yeah that's not like a slouch of a team or anything um but uh, here's what I'll say about my guys my my stupid dumb Vikings um this is a year and I, Vikings fans are having trouble <laughs> with this because we're not used to years like this this is a year with low expectations for me like we're usually right. we've been throughout our entire history a team that at least tried to be in the conversation every single year, no matter what. But this is very much, we are trying to smoothly do it. You're not blowing Mm -hmm. it up and rebuilding from scratch and taking five years to do it, but they're trying to kind of transition and they are sort of in the middle of what they used to be and what they're trying to be. And that's going to be an awkward thing and everybody's learning new terminology and they're going to be behind in camp and stuff like that. And they're going to be at a disadvantage against everybody else um, doing that. But that is... um, that's sort of beside the thing where like, look, they've got a roster that is respectable. Everybody expects them to win eight or nine games or something. Again, it's Kirk Cousins. It's just what, what people say about him. And that's the law. Um, so I do mm-hmm. get that. I don't know if I would necessarily say that's a worse spot than Miami, but I mean, I'm splitting hairs. And I do think that there's a gigantic drop off between the Vikings and then the four teams below them that are basically Brian Dable and three sitting ducks on absolute trash fire organizations. Right. Yeah, like let's let's acknowledge the bottom of like the do any of these guys have a shot to like Lovey Smith there and is a sacrificial like Daniel lamb. Jones and um, Doug Peterson is in, I mean, the Jaguars will never do anything right. Sorry, Tony. Um, and Matt Eberflus also seems a little bit like a sacrificial <laughs> lamb while Ryan Poles just has absolutely no intention of being good this year. I don't know. Can they be good next year? Like they've got, they've created so many roster holes and they've, they basically only right. fixed their cap and gotten back to neutral water. I don't know. 
all three of those situations just seem like they're setting up their guy to fail. Put him in whatever order you want. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, to quickly talk about the New Orleans Saints and Dennis Allen at number three on this list, I think that's an interesting ranking for them. That's one of those guys where I feel like, like top five makes sense to me, but anywhere within three, four, or five would have would have made sense to me because I think that the, the the thing that I'm accustomed to seeing here is that the news around what Dennis Allen inherited is his defense, right? The defense that he's already coached, the defense that he's that he already knows, defensive players that he already knows all about, all of that. But the big thing in terms of all of the, uh, the rest of it is that you look at where Dennis Allen is also bringing in guys like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, and then they go out and they draft Chris Olave, and they work to build the offense back up and everything. And that's where you end up finding sort of the, the space where all of a sudden national media is paying attention as opposed to local media. Like when it comes to a head coach inheriting a defense, that's not going to be <laughs> yeah. your A block, you know, sports yeah. segment. On, on a show, you know what I mean? But inheriting Russell Wilson, inheriting Tom Brady, yeah, those are going to be those A-block things. And I think that who he replaced made a big deal for him too, right? Replacing Sean Payton, that's going to be newsworthy. So the, the sort of note-taking around what he inherited and how he inherited it and his mm -hmm. familiarity with it already that, there's just something to jumping into an organization that's already kind of built for you, you know, like Sean Payton created something that had a vision and a focus. And that was mm -hmm. what it was for so many years that jumping in and you're you're just kind of captaining a ship that's already built versus something like what Matt Eberflus is jumping into where yeah. he's basically being given like, you know, two Twix and a roll of duct tape and saying, like, here you go. Drive this car. Like, <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> hey. He ain't even he, he ain't even getting the Twix, bro. Hey, he's no getting like Rolos. Rolos are good. Like he's, I love Rolos, but no, that's true. You ain't gonna stand on them. Like <laughs> you're not gonna. That's not gonna last you. That's not gonna last you. He he ain't even getting the Twix, man. He ain't even getting the Twix. He's getting what is that? Like, this episode, Roca. I that's think, has getting. reached a point where he's it's probably Roca best. Over there. <laughs> You tell me you don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows what I'm saying when I say he got Almond Roker. How many of y'all got Almond Roker? You've been disappointed about it. You, you're a oh, bunch of Matt Eberflusers say that. out there. That's such a, what like a that. cutting tone. <laughs> Sorry, right, Lauren. I didn't mean to be that mean. My goodness. I feel bad for the guy. He has to coach for the Bears. What a disaster. <laughs> Oh, goodness. All right. Anyway, we appreciate y'all very much for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. And I hope you replay the last two minutes <laughs> of this episode over and over and over again so that we're your last listen of the day as well. Of course, if you're looking for a second listen, you're looking for your next listen, make sure you go and check out your favorite team's podcast. That's not just in the NFL. It's in the NBA, the MLB, the NHL, college. Just search your favorite team name, Locked On, and your favorite team name. And I'll bet you we got you covered. If not, I owe you an almond roca. <laughs> send, send me an email. Right, we appreciate y'all very much for being here with us. And we will see y'all again tomorrow. Tony and James got you covered. Luke and I will be back next Tuesday. Remember, we're here with you every Monday through Friday here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.